Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, a man is wanted in St. Croix in connection to a violent knife attack. A new CDC study reports the territory having the lowest long COVID rates in the country. The Environmental Protection Agency awards $16.5 million for the territory's water infrastructure investment. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. The Virgin Islands Police Department has launched a search for a suspect named Calvin Bell Jr., wanted in connection to a stabbing incident that occurred at Spratnet Bar in Cane Bay on St. Croix. Responding to a report at 5.16 p.m. yesterday evening, officers arrived at the scene to file a male victim with a serious stab wound to the neck. The victim was quickly transported to the Wang Louis Hospital by ambulance, where he was immediately taken into emergency surgery due to the severity of his injuries. 23-year-old Bell is currently wanted for first-degree assault. He is described as a black male with a slim build, dark complexion, black hair, brown eyes, and standing at 5 feet 4 inches tall, weighing approximately 140 pounds. He is known to frequent areas such as the JFK Housing Community, Peter's Rest, and Cane Bay. Authorities are urging anyone with information regarding his whereabouts to please come forward by contacting them directly by calling 911 or reaching out to the Criminal Investigation Bureau at 340-712-6119 or by providing anonymous tips through Crime Stoppers VI at 1-800-222-8477. Government House has responded to the recent announcement by the European Council, indicating the territory remaining on the European Union's list of non-cooperative tax jurisdictions. Director of Communications Richard Mota says it's a matter the administration has been working on since day one. It's something that the administration has been working on since taking office. Um, we were first listed on that um, EU blacklist, as it's called, in 2018. And since the governor took office, he's been really working on lobbying um, Washington, particularly the State Department and the Department of Treasury, um, to have the U.S. Virgin Islands off of that list. Um, we believe it's fundamentally unfair for the European Union to treat the U.S. Virgin Islands as uh, a sovereign, uh, separate and apart from the United States. Um, and so we've been making that argument to Congress, um, to the State Department and to Treasury, um, so that we could be removed from the um, the European blacklist. I mean, we, we don't find any real basis for um, having been on that list, um, there's they're citing compliance with reporting on our um, tax incentive programs, and we meet all of the same um, requirements uh, for reporting as you know the, the the United States itself, right? I mean, the federal government has um, its requirements, and we meet those requirements for um, reporting of these tax incentive programs, and so it, 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 there, there's no 
real rationale for the United States not being on there, but the U.S. Virgin Islands having been on there. Uh, so, you know, we, we again, to reiterate, I think, you know, we, we um, our position is that it's um, unfair. It's not rooted in any rational um, basis. And so we um, are constantly lobbying to um, be removed from the list. As a matter of fact, um, the governor, while in, here in Washington, D.C. this week, is meeting with the State Department. And that's one of the items for discussion, uh, among others. The other American territories also include Guam and American Samoa. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency recently announced over $16.5 million from President Joe Biden's Investing in America agenda for the territory's drinking water and clean water infrastructure upgrades. A total of $50 billion nationwide has been allocated under the bipartisan infrastructure law. The amounts allocated to the states and territories are based on need surveys the EPA does to determine allotments. That's according to Jasmine Lagar, the team leader of the Municipal Water Programs Branch for Region 2 Caribbean Environmental Protection Division. EPA already has calculations for every state and territory. If there, if in the need survey there comes something that is like a significant change, the EPA will need to reevaluate uh, what's already determined to be that percentage. Back in 2021, a lead study did not find concerning levels of lead in the system's drinking water, but did find a need to replace the pipes in the system. Based on that need survey, the territory was awarded $33.3 million in order to do so. One of our contractors went to WAPA, they met with WAPA, and they fill out that form. And they fill it out correctly, because a lot of other states did not. They just didn't pay attention to it. They say they had nothing. So when they saw how the amounts were distributed, they went back in and requested a change to it, that they will just, okay, well, then I need to fill out the form again. They wanted to make changes to the allocation, and that didn't happen. What EPA decided to do was to do a new need survey just for the lead pipe. Because the territory was able to secure that large amount of supplemental funding, she says other states and territories have followed suit by ensuring they complete the need surveys appropriately. Now the, the proportion of it is going to change. But that's an assumption I'm doing. She says the EPA is still evaluating their current need surveys data to determine allotments for 2024. But in 2023, she says, the territory was awarded $51 million. We are waiting for an application from the PNR to work with those, to the work that they want to do with those $51 million. So we have, we haven't awarded fiscal year 23 funds yet. Um, but we need to award them before September 30, because if we don't award it by then, we lose the funds and we need to return them to headquarters. So we are expecting at some point, um, late March, early April to have an application for the $51 million. Outside of DPNR, funds have also gone to departments like Public Works and the Waste Management Authority. They've been working like projects like Christian's, Christian's Dead that you may have seen, and the, which is a big one. Uh, Cross Lagoon, it's been basically redone. And this is all with construction SRF funds. She says the EPA provides oversight to ensure that funds are being spent properly and in a timely manner. At present, she says, she would grade the territory at a C for the work currently being done to expend these funds. 
One of the main issues we've seen, and I worked with this grant in the past few years, um, I think they don't have, they have a capacity issue, DPNR, and also, and also the utilities, they have a capacity issue. So they are not in the place I would like them to be right now, but I think we are, we are help, we are trying to help them to get there. DPNR has contracted somewhere recently, so that's helpful. Um, we are working, we are working on, on a couple of things. We are providing assistance, um, some technical assistance to WAPA. So I think that's going to be helpful at the end of the day. You're listening to the WTJX Newsfeed. The Criminal Investigation Bureau executed an arrest warrant for a 19-year-old St. Croix man related to an attempted murder case. Virgin Islands Police Department's Media Relations Coordinator, Kishma Chichester, has the details. On September 10, 2023, the 911 Emergency Call Center received reports of shots being fired in the vicinity of Richmond Fire Station. Responding officers made contact with the male victim, who stated that he was walking near the Richmond Fire Station when a vehicle approached him from behind and a male suspect leaned out of the vehicle and began firing shots at him. As the Criminal Investigation Bureau investigated the incident, it was discovered that Mr. Malachi Lockhart was operating the vehicle from which the shots were being fired. On February 14, 2024, an arrest warrant for Mr. Malachi Lockhart for attempted murder in the first degree and a search warrant for Lockhart's residence were signed and bail was set in the amount of $100,000. Members of the Criminal Investigation Bureau and Special Operations Bureau executed the warrants on February 22, 2024 for 19-year-old Malachi Lockhart. Mr. Lockhart was placed under arrest and booked. He was unable to post bail and was transported to the John Bell Correctional Facility pending his advisor rights hearings. Legal counsel for former Snyder Hospital CEO Rodney Miller Sr. is asking a judge to dismiss the government's latest criminal charges against him. They're arguing the prosecution is a violation of his constitutional rights. Jury selection in Miller's third trial was scheduled to begin on Tuesday, but Deputy Territorial Chief Public Defender Hannibal O'Brien filed a motion to continue the trial because he was scheduled to leave the Office of the Public Defender from the week prior on February 16th. In his motion, he stated that another attorney would need to be assigned and get up to speed. V.I. Superior Court Judge Kathleen McKay granted the motion, and Miller's trial is now scheduled to begin on August 5th. Before departing the office on his last day, Attorney O'Brien filed a motion to dismiss the remaining charges against Miller, arguing that they ran afoul to both the due process and double jeopardy clauses of the Fifth Amendment. The case has dragged on since 2008, when Miller and two other hospital executives, Amos Cardi Jr. and Peter Najowitz, were charged with conspiring to embezzle about $3 million. According to O'Brien's motion, after an eight-week trial in 2011 that ended with a deadlocked jury, the men were retried over six weeks in 2019 and found guilty of a combined 44 criminal charges that included racketeering and embezzlement. In 2022, the VI Supreme Court found that a series of missteps by prosecutors and the judge overseeing the 2019 trial left each of the men with improper convictions and sentences. 
while the Supreme Court reversed 10 of Miller's convictions. The justices found that prosecutors introduced sufficient evidence for five charges. In February of 2023, the VI Justice Department filed a new 16-count information charging Miller with embezzling a total of $1.6 million in hospital funds. O'Brien argues that notwithstanding the Supreme Court's ruling, the remaining charges should be dismissed by offense to the due process and double jeopardy clauses because a conviction would be subjecting Mr. Miller to a second punishment for the same funds at issue. The government has not yet responded to the motion to dismiss. Post-COVID conditions, also known as long COVID, encompass a range of health problems that can emerge, persist, or recur following acute COVID-19 illness. Symptoms could include fatigue, respiratory symptoms, and neurological symptoms. In 2022, 6.9% of U.S. adults reported experiencing long COVID. A recent study by the CDC reported the U.S. Virgin Islands as having the lowest prevalence of long COVID, accounting at only 1.9% of the population. Medical Director for the Department of Health, Dr. Ty Hunt Caesar, says the territory's low percentage is in large part due to the policies and initiatives implemented. Part of the reasons why we, we are not seeing a significant amount of, um, of long COVID complications in the territory is um, attributed possibly to the fact that, that we did have a very high rate of um, vaccinations among, especially among the, uh, the, the targeted population of the seniors, the elderly, and those with um, comorbid conditions who were at higher risk of developing bad illness and bad disease from the COVID infection. Guam and Washington, D.C. were also listed alongside the territory with the lowest prevalence of long COVID between 1.9 and 3.6 percent. Sometimes symptoms of long COVID are not actually considered or thought to be actually indeed um, long COVID. So we have to also um, um, make certain that we are tracking and, um, and considering the fact that we, that we might not be picking up um, the, the symptoms or those who are actually indeed having long COVID. The CDC study notes that vaccination status was not captured or included in the report. Neither were details about the treatment patients got during the active phase of their COVID-19 infection, the time since they were infected, or the length or severity of their symptomatic period. All these factors, researchers say, could influence the reported prevalence of long COVID. We're not tracking the, the, the current vaccination rates with the boosters, for example, but uh, we did get to just above the 60% um, population um, that fully vaccinated range when we were tracking the initial um, vaccines when uh, we were considering people fully vaccinated from the first um, vaccine that came out. But that, that number rose significantly to above 80% in the, um, in the senior population. The findings in the CDC report address important data gap in knowledge about the prevalence of long COVID, and the results of the survey is hoped to guide local policy planning or programming around the increased healthcare needs of those experiencing long COVID. Dr. Hunt says she was proud to see the territory among the lowest numbers reported. I think it was um, very prideful to, to, to understand and see that, that um, a community that usually has um, high 
rates of other disparities in, you know, as it relates to other um, diseases such as like diabetes, obesity, and chronic kidney disease. It was, um, it was very, um, it was happy. I was happy to see that we were um, leading in something that um, that has been a major concern since the pandemic has passed. And I think it also highlights the the work that we have done um, for the response, um, giving our limited resources. So I was just very happy to see that all of our efforts for getting out there, getting um, into the community, and making sure that the messages were um, were real, were truthful. And, and targeted to our community. Responding to reports of price gouging by taxi operators, we reached out to Taxi Cab Commission's Director Vernice Gums, who says they have been experiencing an influx of complaints against taxi operators. We have been seeing a number of violations, varying, varying forms of violations, whether it's coming at complaint or just blatantly out there on the street. And of course, Operators, the operators are quite aware that we are short staff in the enforcement unit. So as such, they tend to take advantage of it. For instance, um, no operator who is actively on duty should be wearing slippers or shorts while working. She says fair prices are listed at hotels throughout the territory, as well as the territory's airports. The cost of tariffs were increased in June of 2022, and she says that accounts for the increase of passenger fares. The increase of 2022 was the first increase in, I think, 17 to 20 years that the industry has seen, and that, that increase went up by 50%. Presently, a trip from the Cyril King Airport on St. Thomas to Red Hook costs $23 per passenger. For two or more people, she says the fee is set at $17 per passenger. A passenger can request a taxi operator for their own private use, however, and that cost can be up to the driver. They can negotiate, and oftentimes, um, I know a tariff would have a guideline as uh, for hourly rates based on whether it's a minivan or a safari and the like. She urges passengers who feel they may have been overcharged or treated unfairly to report the operator of that taxi. We prefer if they put it in, in, in writing, but if not, we'll have uh, the officer take their complaint, and that complaint should consist of the, oper the operator's name, their badge number, and their tag number. So the tag number is on the outside of, of the, the vehicle, which is their license plate, and their badge, which is the ID badge, should be displayed within the vehicle at all times. For more information, contact their offices at 340-773-1561 on St. Croix or 340-693-4211 on St. Thomas. As of January of this year, a new fee schedule was implemented by the Virgin Islands Board of Nurse Licensure. Carmen Vanterpool Romney, the executive director for the Virgin Islands Board of Nurse Licensure, says they will be having an amnesty period before the new fees go into effect. The amnesty period is going to be going on for all lapsed nurses. That means the nurse did not renew their license for the last two renewal periods. And this will be going on until April 30th, 2024, to allow those nurses the opportunity to renew their licenses if 
need be without being affected with the new prices. She says fees have not been increased for the last 10 years, and the updated renewal for registered nurses is now $175 from the previous $125. Advanced practice nurse, you'll be paying an additional fee to that $175. And the board tried their best not to increase the prices too high, so each one will go up in small increments. There is a requirement to pay a lapse fee for every year lapsed and a late administrative fee of $100. Nurses wishing to renew their license must complete their application process through the BNL website at vibnl.vi.gov. So we advise all nurses to go online and complete their application. If they're having any problems, call the board at 340-249-0684 and someone will assist them as needed. We turn now to our regional report. Leon Charles, the former chief of Haiti's National Police, who was recently accused in the assassination of President Jovenel Moïse, announced today that he was stepping down as permanent representative of Haiti to the Organization of American States. The announcement comes on the heels of a final report from a judge investigating the July 2021 killing that detailed the charges against dozens of suspects to include Charles. Some of the more serious charges against Charles include murder and attempted murder. Charles wrote on X, formerly Twitter, that he resigned in order to have free reign to defend myself against the far-fetched accusations included in this ruling of shame. The judge noted in his report that the president called Charles in the midst of the attack at his residence in the pre-dawn hours, but Charles did not take any action in the 18 minutes that passed before the late president called another high-ranking official for help. The report also states that one of the main suspects in the case told authorities that Charles participated in many meetings ahead of the killing to plot the arrest of the president, which was the original objective before orders supposedly changed at the last minute to kill him. Charles also wrote that he would vigorously fight by all legal means available to clear his name and cleanse his honor. Returning now to our meteorologist for the territory's weather forecast, who says there may be a possibility for isolated showers. A cold front is expected to wash out across the area tonight with dry air, slightly cooler air forecast to move in. High pressure will make for quiet weather tomorrow. By Saturday, we may be back to a few passing clouds and perhaps the risk of an isolated shower. Our forecast details clearing skies and cooler tonight. Overnight lows dip into the lower 70s. A north and northwest breeze at 5 to 15 will diminish as we head through the overnight hours. It'll be mostly sunny, bright, and dry tomorrow. An absolutely beautiful late February day, 80 to 84 for your Friday afternoon. Rip current risk will be low, particularly north-facing beaches. Just a few scattered clouds Friday night, low to mid-70s. It'll become partly sunny on Saturday with a small 30% chance of a passing shower, highs 82 to 86. It'll be partly sunny with isolated rain showers again on Sunday near seasonable temperatures. For WTJX... I'm Precision Weather Meteorologist Russ Smurley. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.